Hello everybody and welcome back inside the Shark Tank for another episode of the podcast. My name is Lewis and joining me to discuss a fourth consecutive win in the Premiership for sale are my co-hosts Alex and James. Alex, how are you? I'm very good, mate. My nerves are a bit shredded after uh, Saturday's game, but I'm a I'm pretty happy man, all things considered. Um, don't think we could have asked for much more in in what was a really tough game. Um, so, yeah, very positive and not underwater. Um, thanks to Storm Franklin, me living in East Didsbury. So, uh, yeah, it's all around been pretty positive. Well, it's, I'm glad to hear you. Well, obviously, you're still able to do the the pod, and like you said, you're not having to stick your head above water with it with your mic out. Um, James, how are you? Obviously, probably a lot lot drier down in the uh, down in London. Yeah, but we've had, we we had a fair bit of bloody wind uh, over the week, mate. Fence has gone. That's a nightmare. So that's uh, going to cost me a, a little fortune. Um, but yeah, everything rugby related. Thanks for asking. Is really good when you're going away from home to Northampton and and, and winning without you know everything clicking. Got to take it every time. Absolutely, and and let's. I mean, we're obviously going to start there. Sale, travelling down to Franklin's Garden Saturday afternoon, and, and courtesy of a, of a late missed penalty from George Furbank, coming away twenty two points to twenty one victors, and you know not not a try bonus point this week. You know, for the first time in three weeks, we've, we've not picked one up, but it's a fourth consecutive win on the bounce. And um, Alex, we spoke last week about the fact that we were picking up points, we were winning games and, and not really jumping up the table. Sale have now jumped up a couple of places. They've actually leapfrogged Northampton uh, and, and and we now sit seventh in the table. Um, you know, what, 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 what are your sort of feelings coming out of that Northampton game? Uh, you know, the fact, like I said, four, four on the bounce and, and we're actually starting to climb the table after a couple of weeks of, of not moving. Yeah, that, exactly. That's it. It's, it's the kind of movement, isn't it? It feels like we're getting just reward for the performances and, and the results we've been putting in and delivering. Um, and we're now getting that reward in the table. And, you know, fate is very much in our hands. If you look at all the sides above us, we've still got four of them to play. And, and of the sides below us, we've still got um, a couple of them to play as well, the ones that we're competing with. So it's um, it's a nice position to be in, I think. We got away with it by the skin of our teeth, didn't we? And and we probably actually should have lost the game. Let's be perfectly honest. You know, you don't expect opposition tens to miss kicks. Um, we seem to do this quite a lot against Northampton. I remember James Grayson having a couple of shockers against us a couple of years in a row, kick, kicking-wise, which kind of got us the wins that we, we always seem to need one. This was more... Um, I mean, just to do it away from home is massive. I think it's it's backing up everything we've done. But for so long, we've been a team that doesn't win away from home. And even if we do, it requires a big one-off performance. And it's not kind of a, a representative of where we are. I think now we're, we're getting those Saracens-esque, those, you know, well, Leicester this season-esque wins where you can see the confidence. And it's almost that confidence and form and the bounce of the ball that's, that's winning us the game. And... You earn that right by playing well in every other area of the field. I mean, we scored three tries. You know, that's still really good for us on the road. So there's loads of positives. I mean, I don't think we should have won the game, but the fact that we did speaks a lot to how far we've come in such a short space of time in terms of confidence and ability to close out games and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, 
it'd be a very different conversation if George Burbank had nailed the kick. But um, it's one of those, isn't it, where it almost that the the result completely dictates the narrative around it because it's now overwhelmingly positive and we're carrying on up the table when it could have been, you know, all the momentum's gone and and that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, rugby doesn't yet have a proper sort of expected points metric or, or anything that you could hang your hat on. But, you know, on the on the run of play on Saturday, it was pretty even between Northampton. A, a real sort of arm wrestle of a game. I, I think it'd be hard on sale to say Saints, you know, deserve to win or we deserve to lose. And, and I think it's the same vice versa. But... I, you know, James. I'm interested to get your thoughts. You know, what's what's the most encouraging thing off the back of this? Is it the fact you know we won away from home without blowing the team away like we did Quinns, or you know, is it the nature of the win? You know, just we we played good counter attacking rugby, took our chances, defence held firm, etc. You know, what well, what's the well, you know, what's what, what what's the thing that's driving this kind of positivity that we should take from from the fact we won this game? Well, bedrock of defence and high confidence. Uh, that equals momentum, and that we've managed to continue it, which you have to do at all costs. You know, we 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 are moving up the table slowly. We've gone at one place, <laughs> um, but you know, the op- there's an opportunity there uh, for a potential top four that just wasn't there like two months ago at all. Um, so we can be excited, but the realistic thing is that over the next few games, you know, we still play all those people around us, and we, we, you can't really afford to lose any of them to still stay in touch because they've still got a lot of people ahead of us in the table. Saints um, are below us, but got game in hand, which if they won, they would go above us. So we're in seventh, aren't we? So we could go down to eighth. Is that right? If, if Saints win their game in hand, yeah. Um, so I think it's just looking at that bedrock of defence, which we know is under Forshaw and Sanderson. You know, it's got back to being that aggressive uh, defensive line, which, which teams just really struggle to break down and score tries against us. And then you add that confidence, you know, where you know you got that confidence of Aaron Reed to take that take that a uh, full tilt run, or you know we're still doing little things like chip it in behind and all of these kind of things, and it's paying off for us at the moment, and it won't continue forever, right? You need a bit of luck. Um, a few of the tries recently, things have bounced into Reed's hands and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, just the fact that we can even play those types of plays. Where then I mentioned it last week, teams are having to keep more people in the backfield to defend against our little chips over the top now, and honestly, that could be a game, a game change for us. It's opening up space out wide as well. So, no, that's that for me is the biggest thing. It's the confidence and the defense, and that's what I think won us it. I think if we'd played exactly the same almost in December, we'd have lost that game by a point. Possibly by more than a point, actually. You might have lost by up to eight points, I think. Um, I just want to mention on Furbank's kick. I know that you know Furbank fan, um, Alex. But I thought that was a tough kick and I think they made the wrong decision. I think they should have gone to the corner because we couldn't cope with their buddy Maul. I mean, he wouldn't have had to get it five metres out. I think 12 metres out, they still would have pushed us over. Um, so that's what I think they made a mistake going for goal. It was him that really went for it, though. He grabbed the ball and was like, I'm having it. Um, I quite like George Burbank. It's Lewis that thinks he's a rubbish ten. Ah, oh, right. But Sorry. I just mean, you know, if we were, if it was Dan Bigger, he'd have probably nailed that, wouldn't he? Of course, well, Dan Bigger nails bloody everything at the moment. I think, you know, on Furbank, um, 
it, it's the it, you know he's not a, he isn't a ten, and I think he, he you almost fall into the trap a, a little bit like Saints have, have done with Rory Hutchinson, where you know the, the utility players are great until they don't have a, a sort of set position. Um, and you know we have to be careful. Someone like Sam James, you know, a couple of years ago he was playing ten, he was playing twelve, fifteen, you know, before you know he, he rightly got put back at, at thirteen. I think Furbank is a is a good player, but like fly half is such a specialist position. I would have felt more confident with James Grayson taking that kick rather than George Furbank, and and, and there there are so few positions. There's a few positions in rugby where you want a specialist playing there, and I think Saints have been undone a little bit by playing Furbank there. And I don't he obviously wasn't to blame for, for losing. I think it, honestly but. he was missed more at fifteen than he they kind of. They were hampered by him playing at ten. Honestly, I think with the wind being the way it was and stuff, like having not having Furbank at fifteen was actually the biggest mistake. Not because for me he's a shit ten, but because he's by far and away their best fifteen. I, I mean, it, it's fine, but the problem is you, you you look at that Saints team and thought Billy Billy Proctor had a fantastic game. Uh, probably the best I've ever seen him play, but there's so many players who sort of fit into that 12 or 13 mould. You know, you had Rory Hutchinson playing 15 at the weekend. Yeah, there, there was an element of disjointedness in there, which, which you know, Sale didn't actually have. I thought Sam James actually went pretty well at 15, and obviously, you know, kicked, kicked a good kick, you know, the result did a try, which we'll, we'll, we'll come on to momentarily. Um, but Furbank aside, let's do some three-word reviews. Um, Skur Alistair, looking very promising. Duncan Simpson, four points, move on. Liam Cotterill, read for England. Nicholas Watson, attacking, kicking, equals tries. We'll give you that one because it's an equal sign. Andy McCauley, on the march. Uh, Nick, BBC Northampton's crap, which I didn't listen to the game, uh, but I've, I've heard that from a few people. And, and Jamie, winning ugly rocks. Just want to say, uh, by the way, around BBC Northampton, if you don't want to subject yourself to what people think is poor commentary. Um, there's some interesting sites in Russia where you're able to, to get some of these games, which uh, I sent Alex on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, that's all I'll say. But uh, Nicholas Waite is, is, is your man on Twitter uh, if you're looking for a stream. Um, before I get myself into any legal trouble, um, let's chat. I think you're already in it, mate. Putin's already got your number. <laughs> so even you, Craig. Well, it's, it's, it's Premiership Rugby that I'm worried about, given that they've stolen something else of ours already. Uh, the, the three-word review, which I noticed has started cropping up a little bit on their, their Twitter. So it's good to know that they're listening. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's, actually, let's actually dive into that a little bit, because I think, um, obviously, we, you know, we highlighted a couple of people very, very pleased about Aaron Reid. And James, do you think it's fair to say he's sort of hit, his form is encapsulating the way Sale are at the moment in that, you know, we're, we're scoring tries and we're getting fortuitous bounces, yes. But we are putting ourselves in the positions to, uh, you know, capitalise on, on, you know, fortuitous bounces. And, and nothing encapsulates that more than Reed's try to open the scoring after a couple of minutes where he's in the right place at the right time and, and gets a try for his trouble. I have to say that for Aaron Reed, you know, actually his, his breakthrough actually happened last year. Because even though he was still the next in line after Yard and uh, McGuigan on the wing, um, he'd got himself ahead of Solomona and his strike rate had started to increase. He'd actually started to score tries because he's always had that pace, that electric pace. 
but we haven't ever been able to get a way of using it before. And he certainly hasn't didn't show that kind of hunger for scoring tries. Um, that changed last year for me, where I saw a couple of really good fends, a couple of good tries. He's been injured for much of this season. But for me, if Radwan had had the last six weeks that Aaron Reid has had, Lewis and others would be just not been able to get over themselves like about how excited they are about this person because I think he's honestly not just scored some tries and showed some electric pace. I think he started to show a bit of rugby now um, with the way he's sort of following the ball, um, the way he, you know, you, you have to take a punt to go for the chip and, and consider that person, okay, the fly-off sometimes might call for it, but sometimes you just need to go for something and see if it pays off. And, you know, like that's how Ashton's made his whole career, basically, by following the ball, taking a punt that someone's going to end up being so close to him, he's just finishing it off. So I think there's that. I also think it's not just because of this try. His work under the high ball defensively has massively, massively improved. Because let's be honest, if you see someone, you know, the size of Aaron Reed, you get, and it's blowing the, a gale, you go, ideal. <laughs> this is going up every single fucking time. And we're going to look to turn the ball over in the air. He's been rock solid under that high ball. So I think that's a game changer. He's also adding a bit of a kicking game in his left foot, which I think we can culture over the, the long term. Um, you know, he's still very, very young. And I think that, okay, well, I've always thought he could make it as a good premiership player. That's what I've always had in my mind. I actually think he's he's now gone on an extra level where, you know, we're not looking at this guy being winger number three or four. He's going to be winger number one or two. And, and now it's a question of where's his ceiling? Is it international? Still think he's got more of a well-rounded stuff that he needs to add because I, you know, he doesn't really have an offloading game. Um, you know, I think he's at the moment he's either a strike runner or a dummy runner. Um, but you know, he's learned some other stuff. He's adding those things to his game, and I think that let's not rule it out. I wouldn't rule out international honors at this stage. He's in that good a form, and he's getting noticed now because he's so rapid. I mean, they're just. I can't think maybe apart from Rad, Radwan, like how many others are that quick in the Premiership, like that rapid? It, we said it a few weeks ago, but it really opens your dimensions up as an attacking team when you know you can, if all else, put a kick in through and just have someone very quick chase it. And, and even if they're not going to get it, they're going to force the defensive team into having to you know, take the ball on the ground and, and make a tackle and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then you can play territory. And, and obviously, I think as well, you're seeing with someone like AJ at 10, he's got the sort of now and on-field intelligence to be able to utilise that, even if it's not in an attacking sense. But I want to talk attacking sense on Aaron Reid because nine games this season in, in all competitions, um, eight tries, you know, that that's impressive. That's really, really impressive. Um, you know, last year, you know, I, I was doing some digging a couple of weeks ago after he scored against Leicester. You know, he actually had four tries in seven games last year, all of which came in the Premiership. You know, he's a, he's if nothing else, he's got the most valuable skill you can have as a as a winger, and that's the ability to score some tries. And you know, he's doing that with a plum this year, and that counter attacking threat was obviously very important on on Saturday because you know the windy conditions, you're away from home. You do need to take whatever opportunities you get. And, and credit to Northampton, they were a very good side in terms of limiting opportunities. But, Alex, the one I wanted to talk to you about, which again was, you know, uh, a bit of a 50-50, was, was um, 
Van Rensburg's try, which obviously starts with you know Sam James you know off off a poor kick taking the taking the ball, hoisting it up. Fafter Clerk knocks it back, um, and then you know a bit of a a bit of a a kind of a power move from Rob Dupree to 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 make the sort of feint outside immediately. As soon as he got the ball, there was no messing about. It was take the feint. Uh, you know, send send the defender going the other way, and then offload to Van Rensburg, who, who runs it in for a try. And you know, we talk about Reed's form, you know, and, and 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 maybe you know the defensive frailties are still there for Dupria, but having Dupria play so well at thirteen is is also been a key to this run, hasn't it? Yeah, it has a hundred percent. And I think the, that's the beauty of this run so far, and it, it's a wider point that I wanted to make about Aaron Reed that Aaron Reed's had a superb run of form. But he's also been really helped by the fact that when he's had not the busiest game or not, the, you know, he's had a bit of a quiet game, someone else has stepped up. So you think of that Quinns game away. Aaron Reid actually had a really quiet game, didn't do a lot. Tom Roebuck stepped up, scored two tries, should have had a third. Rob Debrea is stepping up. If AJ's, you know, AJ is playing out of his skin, let's make no bones about it. But, you know, if, if we need someone to score a try, find a line... Rob Dupree is doing that. Rohan's doing that. And I think that's the massive difference. You are right that the form isn't just on in terms of the, you know, the playing ability and, and what they're doing on the pitch. They're all scoring tries. And I know we're making more opportunities, but they are having to finish them. You know, they're getting themselves in good positions. We're using the sheer amount of pace that that back line we now select gives us. And we're just terrifying teams. And, and yeah, that Rohan try is, it's, it's lucky, but it's lucky because we made our own look because it's a great kick from Sam James. It's a great chase by Faf. You put them under pressure and the ball's bounced our way. You know, you'll do that five or six times in the game and it will go nowhere. It'll, you know, the Northampton just collect it, recycle it, move on. Um, but one time it'll open up the field. And, and what we've got now is players who, you know, it, it comes back to that confidence point we made earlier. Four weeks ago, two months ago, does Sam, Sam James probably does that kick. Does he get it on the money like he did? Maybe not. Does Faf de Klerk bat it backwards? Maybe he bats it forwards. Well, Faf wouldn't have been on the pitch anyway, but you know, you get the point. Does Rob Dupria pick it up and, and make exactly the right move as soon as he picks it up? Maybe not. And that confidence that's flowing through the team is enabling us to take opportunities like that because it's what teams like Quinns have done for so long is that if you give them half a chance, they turn it into an easy chance. And it looks so easy because they're fast and they're accurate. And and that's what we are now. And and I think, yeah, Rob De Bruyne has, has been superb in being part of that, in offering that second distributor. He's got the pace in that 13 channel. He's got an eye for the try line. You know, he, he gets over quite often. And he's marshalling those players around him, the Robux, the Reeds. He's marshalling Rohan really nicely inside centre. So, you know, I think Rohan's massively benefiting from having AJ and Rob De Bruyne either side. Um, and it's just turning into a, a really sort of fearsome backline for teams to have to defend against because you go, there are multiple, multiple threats here. There is De Klerk or Quirk, both of whom offer something slightly different so you can't play the same way for 80 minutes, but equally, both are fast, both keep the ball moving. And then there's pace all through it, there's power all through it, and no one's at the moment, no one's really making many mistakes. The, the mistakes we tend to make are disciplined ones from the forwards, which is a separate conversation, but the backs at the moment are just absolutely on fire, which when you compare that to where we were a year and a half ago, that was, and we were entirely reliant on our forwards to win us a game. 
And now we're in a position where we don't have to be because we got bullied up front against Northampton and we still won the game because we took those chances. So it's really, really encouraging. It's very nice to see us back. And yeah, I think it's just the level of competition in that squad now, and especially in that back line, is just driving them all on and on and on to better and better things, isn't it, as we go through the season? I just want to pick up on one thing you mentioned there, Al, which is, do you, you know, winning away in the Premiership is hard. And, and I, I spoke to someone on Twitter about this in that I think if you win away from home, you deserved it because the margin for, for winning away from home is so slight that no matter what happens, you, you, you know, 99% of the time, you, you in some way did deserve to win it. But do you think, you know, Sale were, were lucky? You know, when we look back at this game three, four months online, do you think we were lucky to win it because of that sort of forward dominance from, from Northampton? Because, you know, looking at some of the stats, you know, they, they were just mall after mall. They had more territory, more possession. And do, do you think, you know, as, as a result, we, we have to kind of use that as context for just how well we, you know, our backs did perform? Because, you know, when they were living on scraps, they made the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that we're not used to being bullied up front. So it's another area of our game that we're developing. But as I say, if we'd had the back, the back line that we were putting out at the start of the season, that would have just been an embarrassing loss against Northampton and probably the pace of their back line as well. You know, I hark back to that day we lost the ship 70 points at Franklin's Gardens. You know, if we're getting battered up front, we could have easily done that again. So, you know, I mean, I think you're right that you never, you always deserve to win away if you do win away. I think we got certain things played in our favour in the game and, and, you know, Northampton, Six Nations period and squad depth, blah, blah, blah. But, you're right in that we still did enough on the pitch to win the game that we would, you know, you can't take it away from us. You can't go, oh, we weren't good value for it because we scored three really good tries. So, yeah, it's it's completely right. And and if you need that variety in your game to win away, and you need that variety in your game to win a premiership. And it's something we didn't have. And now I think we can pretty comfortably say that we've we've got it and we've, and we can still improve it. You know, there's still loads to go out there. But we were a one-dimensional side before, let's be honest. And I think people still think we are pundits, certainly. Coaches don't, because coaches watch us. But, you know, the narrative is still that we're just a power side. And and we're not anymore. And, you know, if people want to defend against us as a power side, that's fine, because Aaron Reid will run through you, and he'll run around you, and he'll, you know, score eight tries in nine games. That's absolutely fine. So long may it continue, but... Um, yeah, people will work us out, but even if they work us out, we can then revert back to a different style of play that would be equally as effective. So it's a very, very exciting time, albeit, yeah, you know, let's be honest, we were lucky to win. But as you said, you know, you, you make your own luck and that kind of thing. So it's very, very encouraging, I think. I don't think really that there's too much more to to discuss on this game. A real sort of arm wrestle, you know, obviously the the conditions affected this quite significantly. But before we move on, two things. The first, I just want to mention, I've been looking at the stats. AJ McGinty made 19 tackles, apparently, um, on on Saturday, which is an incredible amount for a fly-off. So not that anyone would, but... You know that that shows the commitment he's still got to the club, regardless of his move to, to Bristol. And, and just um, just one extra thought, just for our listeners, just to pause on with that. Like George Ford, 
ain't going to be making 19 tackles next year. So we are going to have to change the way we defend. Mm, well, absolutely. Um, and, and my second thing was obviously, James, I just wanted to give you a bit of rope here to, you know, to kind of say, was there anyone who sort of stood out, you know, on, on Saturday? Because, you know, very much a team effort. You know, we, we've gone through that already. But did anyone apart from from, from Reed and, and Dupree stand out? Well, Rob Dupree, I should say. Well, I think we, I'll tell you what, I think we, I'd, I'd like just to give a little shout out to Joe Jones, who keeps coming off the bench and just being absolutely bloody rock solid. Um, and I think that he's due a start soon. That's the only player I'm going to mention. What about yourself, Alex? You got anyone else you want to shout out to? Uh, completely agree on Joe Jones. He's brilliant. And he's probably our best tight head. Uh, let's be honest. He's he genu- our best fit tight head anyway. But, you know, like, Kearney Eastazen's not a good tight end. He's a good rugby player, but he's not a good tight end. Um, I think Curtis Landon has been absolutely immense and continues to be and is criminally underrated by England. I mean, I don't know why they're picking Jamie Blameyer over Curtis Landon. I can understand picking Jamie Blameyer, but not when you've got Curtis Landon available. Um, no, I'm not. I think, yeah, AJ is absolutely superb, and we are going to massively miss him. I know we all think that, at least we've got Ford. And, you know, it is great that we've got George Ford, but he's going to take time to bed in. AJ knows our system so well and sees so many opportunities and creates so much and nails his kicks. It's just, you know, there is no weakness in his game at the moment. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that, you know, he's just so, so good at rugby and it is a disaster that he's going. Thankfully mitigated by George Ford coming in, but it's still not full mitigation. Um yeah, I think that's it. Sam James, I think, is is really good. And uh, the only other one to say is good to see Conor Doherty back in the squad as well. Um, that was good to see him come off the bench because uh, we've not seen him pretty much all season. And, you know, he was looking really good towards the end of last season. So, uh, you know, the the production line keeps on coming and, you know, people aren't getting injured and, and we're still, we're just, the competition grows and grows and grows. So, yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, completely agree on Joe Jones. He, is, he should be starting next week for me. I, th- I think if we want to talk on heralded players, I do want to circle back to Sam James because, you know, that was a tough game, you, you know, at, at 15. Sam James isn't a 15. I know we've played him a bit there in the past. You know, he, he's a, such a talented player that you can play him sort of anywhere in the back line, of, you know, a, a George Furbank, if you will. But, you know, he, he's had to kind of slot in at 15 with, with, with Luke obviously being injured. You know, Simon Hammersley seems to have fallen out of favour. Maybe, maybe he's got an injury. But, you know, I thought... On, on Saturday, we, we've never sort of looked steady when you we, we've had to play Sam James at 15, and, and that's fair enough. It, again, it's a specialist position. But I thought for, for the most part, you know, he was rock solid in, in tough conditions away from home. And, you know, ultimately there's a, there's a spine of your team um, that you really need people to perform in if, you, if you're going to win games, and 15 is a big part of that. And I thought even though he didn't necessarily do anything – you know, uh, you know, amazing or out of the ordinary. I thought that the competency he showed at fifteen is a big reason why we won that game. Um, and and I thought, you know, for for a player playing what the second game of the, of his of his season at that position, it was it was very impressive. And again, shows that maybe the you know, the option for our fifteen issue, as it were, long term, might end up being a slightly unorthodox one. Because if he can keep playing like that, there's, there's going to be a place for him in the team. Every week, uh, and and speaking of that, obviously, not just Sale, 
but there's a lot of teams who are all playing very well at the moment. There's a lot of teams in a rich vein of form, and and funnily enough, we we run into another one of them next week who are in that quagmire between fourth and ninth that we spoke about last week, and and that's London Irish who who travel up to the AJ Bell on Friday night, and and James, you know, what can we expect from this Irish team who are like Sale are on an incredible run of form at the moment? Well, we're going to test our defence, aren't they? Um, you and I were talking just off air before and they've got the second highest number of tries in the league uh, with 58 tries. Um, they're just ahead of us in the table. Uh, 55 points to... Uh, sorry, 45 points to 43. you think with the run that we've been on, we would have gone past them by now. But no, they've been basically on almost exactly the same um, run. Not quite as many back-to-back -back wins, but um, even so, you know, a lot to show in terms of form. And it's the way they're playing, which is probably, you know, if you're a neutral, Irish is a good is a good team to be following at the moment. And they've got this really, I'd say, I call it a beautiful blend between these kind of international players who maybe pass their peak and then some really young, exciting players. And then you've got somebody right in sort of peak form in terms of Paddy Jackson, which we can talk about what type of human he is. But, uh, but in terms of, in rugby definition terms, he's right at the peak of his career um, and, you know, would have been starting in the last Six Nations game for Ireland if, uh, if, if it wasn't for, for, for the ban. So you've got these sort of, I'd call them old-timers, certainly Augustine Creevy is a part, you know, is, a, is an old-timer. I mean, he, he, he age, I think he must be 36, 37. Uh, but you know what? He is he's on fire this year. He's in such great form, you know, and... Uh, you know, there's a long when you're that sort of type of age, the World Cup's away, it's still a way away. But if I was Argentina, or I'd be thinking to myself, you know what, uh, Montoya is our captain, but he gets knackered after 60. Bringing on Creevy in a quarter final in the World Cup, that would be absolutely bloody ideal. Uh, Coleman, yeah, he won't be playing against us because he got red carded. Uh, Simmons, O'Brien, these are all people who I reckon a lot of rugby followers have kind of just forgotten about. Like, as if they don't really exist. No, they're at London Irish. They're playing most weeks. And they're leading this team to be above us in the table right now. And when you put them in between the likes of Ben Loder, who's back from injury, he had a nasty injury earlier on in the year. Hassel Collins, unlucky not to be starting for England. I think he's another one who's rapid, but also just just got a nose for the try line. He reminds me quite a lot of Steve Hanley, actually, because he's quite a big lad. Um, he does have a bit to work on defensively, just like Steve as well. Um, and then your likes of Parton, who's rapid at fullback. They've brought in uh, Lucio Sinti as well, who's sort of mixing it up at either 13 or on the wing for them. Um, so I think they've got a really nice balance to the way that they're playing. And, you know, from a sale point of view, there's a couple of old boys in the squad. Kieran Parker's down there. He hasn't played that much in recent weeks, but did earlier on in the year. And George Knott started at the weekend. They've got a few injuries in the second row with, obviously, Coleman's now being red-carded, but Simmons is carrying a knock. Also, Steve Maffey is carrying a knock. So, George Knott seems to be getting a bit of a go. So, that'll bring a bit of an edge, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine, as well. Head-to-head, -head, I, I, I couldn't go. I've had to choose three. I couldn't go down to one this week, I'm afraid. Um, I really wanted to choose um, an open side battle because they've got this lad, another Argentinian who, who, uh, who I've chosen, Luis Gonsalves, who he's, looks like a bit of a find. Uh, sort of 23 coming through an amateur system in, in Argentina. That's kind of the age you break through um, when, you're, when you're a Puma. And I think that him against a Ben Curry would be great. 
but there's obviously we don't know where Ben's at in terms of coming back from from injury. So then I moved on to my next one where I thought two Irish lads in Paddy Jackson versus AJ McGinty. I thought that would be really great because they're at the core of both teams and making them tick, and certainly as attacking threats. So I think that might have a bit of niggle in it. Uh, but then I've settled finally on Van Rensburg against Van Rensburg. Uh, because I'm telling you, Van, Bernard Van, uh, uh, Van Rensburg down at Irish, soft fire. He scored, he scored two tries at the weekend. He can carry, he's not as big as, uh, as Rohan, but he's carrying hard. He's, he's got pace. Um, I thought he was, you know, just an average player, uh, but actually he's, he's got age on his side and, and he's playing really, really well for Irish. There's a really important cog in their team. So I think with Rohan being in such good form at the moment, I think it's the best he's played in a sales shirt. You know, he's, he's, he's putting together sort of, you know, three, four, five games on a run now, which I think is probably unheard of. Um, I think this might be the first time he's got beyond, say, three games for sale in a row. I think that's going to be a great, a great matchup. So over to you guys, really. You know, two four teams, sale at home, Friday night at the AJ Bell. Um, how do you think we handle it? Well, I mean, you would back us, wouldn't you? You know, home form has always been a, a sort of calling card, a sale. We're in great form. I think, obviously, you know, Irish play this very exciting up-tempo style. They score a lot of tries, as, as, as we, you just mentioned. I think, obviously, it is difficult sometimes to grind out wins. Playing that sort of style on a Friday night away from home is a bit different if you, if you are at home. Um, with that all being said, it sort of favours Sale a little bit. But, Alex, what, what, what do you reckon? I mean, if you wanted to, to be as so reductive, you could say it's Sale's forwards versus Irish's backs. It's obviously a lot more complicated complicated than that we even said that you know 20 minutes ago um but but yeah kind of what 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 are you looking for because on a friday night you know in the the midst of a storm or whatever you know is this going to be a revert to type almost for sale in terms of grinding out a a win or do you think we can you know play play a lot of rugby versus a team that will also play a lot of rugby yeah i think it's very dependent on the weather um, as to how we go about it. But one thing that you have to say about Irish is they score a lot of tries, but they also concede a lot of tries and a lot of points. And that's where we've, A, kind of got ahead of them at times. Last couple of seasons, you know, we've got out to really good leads and then we've let them come back into it. And I think that's partly in our favour at home. You know, they, they can't get the momentum of the crowd behind them and that kind of thing as they uh, as they score points. So. I think controlling that momentum of the game and, and kind of the flow of it will be key because our defence is good enough to deal with London Irish. We show that in every first half we play against them. But unfortunately, we switch off in the second half and we get three tries ahead. And I do think that will be an interesting test of our mentality from where we were at the start of the season when we drew with them to where we are now. Um, because, you know, we we should now have the, the kind of confidence and the mentality to, to shut them out. Scoring the points, it won't be easy, but we will score tries against them if we play good rugby. Um, so I think we we basically have to sort out our discipline. That's the main area that will let Irish move up the field against us because if they move the chains and you give them a platform to attack, they are going to do well and they are going to score. Paddy Jackson is going to move them up the field, move them around the field. And if you you know let them go 22 give away a penalty, let them go up to the halfway, give away another penalty, let them go up to the into our 22. They'll score. 
and they'll make their way up the field like that and, and Paddy Jackson will marshal that team around the field. So that's the, the, the massively key thing is the discipline, which has been really poor the last few weeks and, and we are getting away with it continuously. Um, and then, you know, other than that, you know, it does come down to a bit of forwards versus backs. There's going to there's be a massive jackal threat from them, so we need to be able to counter that. Whether we can do, I don't know. But Augustin Grevy is one of the best jacklers in the league at the moment, isn't he? And, and um, there's numerous other threats throughout that side. So the breakdown will be a big area. But I think, you know, you do look at the sides and you think we should... The, the Friday night at home, in front of a decent crowd, good atmosphere, should massively play into our favour in this. And we therefore should play up to that. But you are right that Irish are a really, really good side. And I think we are lucky that we're playing them in winter at home um, in in an evening. Because if we were playing them on a you know a dry track at Brentford, I wouldn't. I would be very, very worried. Um, I'm, I'm more confident in us now than I would have been twelve months ago. But I'm still, you know, they are massively informants and Sarri's found that out so you know flip the table on that Sarri's game I know Sarri's a better than us but Sarri's a very, we're very similar to them now in terms of the way we play if that was Sarri's at home I think they'd have edged it so I still think we'll edge it but we are going to have to sort our discipline out and we are going to have to kind of dominate the territory because they don't score from 100 yards that's the thing it's not like Quinn's where you know they'll just score from nowhere they do build up the phases build up the play and then convert. So as long as we can control territory and possession, we'll be fine. But easier said than done, I think, isn't it? So it, it requires not giving away as many penalties and a better performance up front, because if we get bullied up front again, we will really struggle this week, because Paddy Jackson is a much better 10 than George Burbank, all, all being said at the moment on form. Right. Well, with that all being said, let's let's do some predictions. So Alex, I'll talk straight back to you. You know, Friday night, uh, two informed teams. Which uh, which way are you going? Uh, I think Sale are going to win this, but I don't think we're going to get a bonus point. So I'm going to say Sale 21, Irish 15. I think it'll be a, a close game and not um, an enjoyable watch as a Sale fan. But I do think we'll get the win and I think there'll be a big sense of relief at the end of it. What about you, Lewis? I, I think 23-13 to Sale. I, I do think... You know, on paper, you know the teams are pretty evenly matched. But I think at home on a Friday night, we we we've got a game plan that can err a little bit more towards the nitty gritty, um, and we're so good at shutting down defenses. Uh, just generally, sorry, shutting down other teams' attack with our defense. That I think on on the run of play, you know, we should be able to just kind of close this game off if we need to. Um, and, and I just think everything steers towards us. So I think with the form we're in, it'll be 23-13, and then back in Aaron Reid to make it nine nine tries in ten games as well. What about yourself, James? I'm going. I'm going for a big win for Sale. I'm going to say 34-27. I think that Irish will be really happy to take away a, a losing bonus point, maybe even two points with a try bonus as well. Uh, I think they'll get consolation try towards the end of the game to to to, to get that. Um, and I think they'll be dead happy with that, and we'll be happy with with five points and a lot of points. Perfect. So that's the pod for this week. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you um, to everyone who supports the pod um, just generally and on Patreon. We're about to go do another Six Nations uh, mini episode uh, straight after this. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, keep it on Twitter for for all our hot takes. And uh, James, before we finish, uh, I know there's something you wanted to say. About some rugby that's happening in uh, in 
Nat League One at the moment. Yeah, just a huge shout out to Coldy and Sale FC, who are just, you know, playing absolutely brilliantly well at the moment. Coldy are second place, just in behind Roslyn Park, um, and just keep winning week after week. And then an a, a epic victory for Sale FC this weekend, scoring two tries in the last two minutes um, against Roslyn Park at home to to take the win there, which really gets Sale FC back in the hunt. And with rumours about the Premiership and things and how many teams are going to be going up, we've got a really good chance of getting two teams from the Northwest into the Championship, which, considering where rugby was in the Northwest about five years ago, is this is like a massive move forward. So best of luck to both both of those clubs in their search for promotion to the Championship. 